Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said that is according to your will, let it be heard as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe and believing obey. Amen. So I married Bradley and Stephanie. And so when Bradley's dad, John died, they called me and invited me to officiate the funeral. As can be the case with funerals, I didn't know John, the deceased, very well, but I was honored to be invited, and so I invited the family to come and meet with me and have a conversation about the service, you know. So they came into my office and they told me stories about John. They told me about what made John John. They told me about how he loved Halloween. They told me about how he could start up a conversation with just about anyone. And after the meeting, I, I took those ideas, I took those stories, and I wrote up a few words about John and what made John John. But nothing that I could have said at that funeral could have been more of a tribute than what happened after the funeral. I pulled my car up behind the hearse. And as I did, the family and the friends, they were trying to make their way to their cars and they were hugging and kissing and holding hands back in the good old days when you could do that kind of thing to offer comfort to one another. They got into their cars and they put those tickets in their rear view mirrors, you know, the ones that say funeral on them and they, then they lined up for the procession. It took a long time for that procession to all line up together. But just as we were about to leave, six men in these huge motorcycles pulled up right behind me and they were wearing leather vests and bandanas around their heads and they were scowling at me. Yes, at me, I'm sure of it. And then they revved their motorcycles really loud and then they revved them again. These guys were not mentioned in the pastoral conversation and they did not come up in the funeral either, but somehow, somehow, and I was about to find out how, somehow they were part of what made John, John. Isn't it strange that at no other time do we consider the definition of, pers of a person in the same way that we consider it at the time of death. It's only then that we really ask what makes a person a person? What makes a man a man? What makes a woman 
a woman. But what if we didn't wait that long? What if we didn't wait that long and we began, even today, asking that question of ourselves? What if we began asking that question of ourselves, the very same question that the minister will one day ask our family? What makes you, you? What makes us, us? The answer to that question is complicated. We are complex. When we gather around the table today, we'll know that somehow, some way, those ordinary elements, the elements that we enjoy when we share in communion, the bread and the wine, we know that somehow, some way, they are part of what makes us, us, even if we don't know exactly how. A meal was a big part of what defined the disciples too. A meal was a big part of what made the disciples the disciples. I'm sure that if a family member of a deceased disciple gathered with a minister to talk about their lives and what made them them, today's story from scripture would be one that was shared. There were 5,000 people gathered and their bellies were grumbling. And Jesus told the disciples to give them something to eat. But they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. And here we can see that the first disciples have something in common with today's disciples. It's impossible. We are so quick to say that something cannot be done. And sometimes it's that negativity and that cynicism that makes us, us, isn't it? I mean, you can almost hear them murmuring amongst themselves. Either we send the crowd away or we have to go buy some food. Those are the options. The only way it's possible. They don't consider even for a minute that this man, Jesus, a man, by the way, who a few days ago had been with them as they filled their nets with fish after an evening of fishing with futility, a man that, by the way, had only recently healed another man of paralysis, a man that they had watched raise another man from the dead. They don't consider for a minute, they don't consider for a second that this man, Jesus, might have another solution, one that doesn't come to their minds. Isn't that funny? Like us, they are restricted by their own understanding of what is possible. But then something amazing happens, one where Jesus says, that is not who you are. That negativity, 
that cynicism, that inability to see another way is not what makes you, you. That's not what makes you, you. What I'm about to do, he says, is what makes you, you. And then he took those five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed and broke them. And then he gave that food over to the disciples to give to the crowd. Don't let that part be lost. He gave that food over to the disciples to give to the crowd. When we think about this story, we almost always focus on the miracle of multiplying of what was small into what was enough. But it is in his next action, the one that follows that great and miraculous prayer, that he gives this ragtag bunch of disciples their defining moment, the one that would have been shared in each of their funeral sermons, because Jesus turns that miracle over to the disciples, which in and of itself is a miracle. He gives them the food to give to the people. He trusts them to carry what he's done to the people that need it. And now he trusts us to carry what he's done to the people that need it. Jesus entrusts us with the greatness of his abundance, flawed as we are. And that is what makes us, us. That is what makes us, us. When we share this bread and wine together, we are acting out that reality. Usually when we talk about the benefits of communion, we talk about what happens when we take communion. In taking the feast, we are taken back to the upper room and join together with Jesus. In taking the feast, we are nourished for our life of service to the great endeavor of Christ's love. In taking the feast, we are elevated to the heavenly banquet to be united and reunited with the saints in paradise, if only for a moment. In taking the feast, in taking the feast, in taking the feast, when we think about communion, and the benefits of communion, we usually talk about what happens when we take it. But there's something special, something important about giving the feast too. See, in offering us the sacrament of Holy Communion, Jesus writes a chapter in our book of life, one that looks eerily similar to the one written for the disciples when they only had a little bit of fish and bread. Give the feast, he told them. Join me in giving the feast. Sit them down. Feed them, he said. 
And then he turned that miracle over to them to give to all of those gathered. And now he turns it over to us. And when he does, he quite literally gives us a breadcrumb to feed one another so that we might not just give that breadcrumb, but that we might be beckoned, that we might see a way forward, that we might creep out to join, not just in the miracle of the supper, not just in the miracle of the breadcrumb, but in all of his miracle making all over this place that he created. That's what those men did. The ones who joined John's funeral procession, the ones on those motorcycles wearing leather vests and bandanas around their heads, revving their engines and scowling at me. That's what they did. They made a way. See, this was John's crew, even if I didn't know it, and this would be their last ride with their fallen friend. So funeral homes, you have to understand, make every attempt to attend every detail for the comfort of the bereaved. They even go to great lengths to manage the traffic so that the motorcade can stay together all the way to the cemetery. So when we came to the first light, a police car that they had arranged pulled up into the intersection and stopped the traffic so that we could drive through. And when we came to the second light, an SUV owned by the funeral home pulled up into the intersection so that we could all pass through. But when we came to the third light, we had run out of escorts. So I just figured that we would stop there like everybody else. But the motorcyclists thought differently. This was John's last ride. There would be no stopping. They were going to make a way. So we came into that next intersection, a very busy intersection, and two of the bikers revved their engines loudly and we stopped and the hearse stopped. And then they ducked out around in front of the hearse and drove right out into the intersection and they stared down everyone that dared to come closer. And the driver of the hearse was surprised, I think, by the boldness of the biker, so he didn't move. But then the biggest one, he beckoned them forward with an authoritative wave. Do you know what kind of person you have to be to beckon a hearse forward? And the hearse crept out into the intersection and I followed and the rest of the procession did too. And it went that way for every intersection all the way to the cemetery. And I smiled every time. And I hoped that my friends would take such care with my last ride. Those bikers, they called us out and we crept, but we got there. And as we share the bread and the wine together, as we share communion together, 
as God gives this sacrament to us to give to one another, we are being beckoned. We are called out into the intersection too. Called out into a redefinition of who we are as people that give. Called out even into greater miracles than we can imagine. Even if we will only creep, God will get us there. And at the end of everything, at the end of our lives, when our stories are told, the way that we crept out into that miracle making, the way that God beckoned us into the intersections of our lives and the way that we followed, well, that will be what makes us, us. Amen.